Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Pair Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie Smith, and we have a guest with us today who has a story to tell. David Baumblatt, he is an ex-FBI agent who has had the full weight of the federal government come down on him. Unlike, uh, not what, you know, not unlike what we've seen lately with the federal government going after all of their political opponents' enemies. Um, so he has a story to tell, and it's a very important story to tell because it's going to be your story and my story eventually if we continue to push the real narrative and not the one that they want us to push. When we buck the system, we are going to expect a certain amount of pushback, and I think that's exactly what David is encountering. I think that's what Trump is encountering, and I think people like this are the barricade uh, between the federal government and you and I, because if it can happen to them, it can happen to you and I. David is a West Point graduate. He went to Harvard. So his credentials are impeccable. The guy obviously knows the inner workings in the, of the inner sanctum of the federal government and has a story to tell that we're going to talk about. We're going to get into all the socioeconomic uh, politics that we see uh, taking place in our country today. We're going to talk about where they lead. And we're going to talk about where they stem from. And um, I, I think David is going to open a lot of eyes. So uh, with that, uh, let's go ahead and bring David up and uh, let him tell his story. So, David, welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Brother, how are you? Thanks, Eddie. Appreciate it. And welcome and thank you. And hello to all your listeners out there. Appreciate the opportunity to talk. So, David, um XFBI under investigation, turn whistleblower, explained how, how did this happen? Sure. What, what took sure. place? Sure. I would say I'm a different whistleblower than the other whistleblowers you're hearing out there that are FBI whistleblowers. And that is, I think the other whistleblowers in the FBI, they wanted to change the FBI, make it a better place, and they wanted to stay in the FBI. I was different. I entered the FBI in 2004. Before I was a U.S. Army officer, I did what's called my five-year military commitment from West Point, and I was in the FBI from 2004 to 2007. What I witnessed in the FBI, immorality, corruption, and incompetence, I wanted out. There's a good saying that says you don't leave organizations, you leave people. And the people in the FBI are just different. And what I could tell to the viewers is you're probably seeing this throughout America we're changing in America. The people in the FBI, people at West Point, people in our government, the demographics, we're changing. Today's FBI is not like before. And I say this, I actually got along much better with the older FBI, we call them bureau agents who worked under J. Edgar Hoover, the old timers. The new people, it's a different breed of people. And what I could tell to the American people, and I'll go into my story because I'm sure there's a lot of questions, but I would say this, generally speaking, the FBI, which has always been a powerful agency, and I think people can underestimate it, it is actually pound for pound the most powerful agency in America. And the reason being is there's no first tier countries in the world. I say first tier because you'll understand most second tier, third tier countries, it's all the same. There's no first tier country in the world that combines law enforcement and intelligence combined. To give an example of this, this would be if you went to the UK, England, and you took MI5 and the Scotland Yard and put them together. Most first tier countries, you know, whether it's Germany, Canada, Australia, their intelligence, we're talking their domestic intelligence and their law enforcement is separated. And it's done for that to protect the people from an overbearing and overpowerful uh, agency. The FBI, it's different. They combine intelligence and law enforcement together. Mm -hmm. The difference, though, that's making it even different is When I was in the FBI, I worked for counterintelligence. So I was in that intelligence department. And so you have what's called the criminal branch and you have the national security branch. I worked in the national security branch. What's different was is back then when I worked on it, intelligence was considered, you know, a department. It was important, obviously. But the FBI is continuing to transform into a robust and tyrannical 
domestic intelligence agency that I compare a lot to what your viewers may or may not know, the most ruthless intelligence agency to walk this earth, the East German Stasi. And I could explain why, but that's what the FBI is turning into. So not you, only are oh, sorry, sorry, so you were you were in the bureau following the uh, the attacks on 9-11. Uh, so you were there for the creation of Homeland Security and then what later ended up being termed uh, by a, com a, com a combi uh, combining of uh, law enforcement agencies, which we have all around the United States now called fusion centers, which is what I assume that you're talking about when you're talking about a combined uh, intelligence law enforcement presence throughout. The can you? Can yeah, you so yes and no what you're saying. So yes is we combine it with the local law enforcement. So this would be the, the city, the county, the state. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have something called the FBI National Academy where we send those people there to get, and we form what's called the Joint Terrorism Task Force. But what I'm talking about is also within the FBI, that the FBI, we have a dual-headed dragon, and that within one organization called the FBI, we have the power and we're tasked with domestic intelligence and law enforcement at the same level. So in the FBI, there's not necessarily an iron wall. It's more like an iron curtain, if you could say that. So mm -hmm. FBI, we're able to go back and forth between national security and law enforcement, and it makes it dangerous. And yeah, because there's no, no checks and balances. Let, let me give you an example, Eddie, and this is what I want to tell the American people. And I, I've written a book about this because I'm sure people are like, who is this guy that? But I explain in the book and Part of leadership is if you have a problem, come with a solution, at least try. Don't just complain. And in right. the book, I mention it. We have something called the FISA Act, which stands for the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. It was formed in 1975. Oh, too familiar. Now, I don't want to say, even though I am for defunding the FBI and defunding law enforcement, I'm not defunding totally. So to the American audience, we do have foreign spies and foreign terrorists operating in America. And for that reason, I am fully in favor of the FISA Act as it pertains to foreign nationals. This was my job. I spied on foreign nationals. I had no moral qualms about it, and I think mm -hmm. that's fine. What I'm talking about is- You're US protecting citizens. the homeland at that point, but they've completely, they've completely misused the FISA courts. This is part of the trap that they got Trump in. Absolutely. So my thing I wrote in the book, the FISA Act, as it pertains to U.S. citizens, needs to be abolished today, immediately. There is no. And so here's my point to the American citizens. I'm under investigation by the FBI. We'll explain how I know this, this, and that. But watch mm -hmm. this logic to show to the American public how just retarded this is in our country. I'm the FBI now, and I'm investigating two people. One person is for criminal charges. We'll say drug dealer. We'll say bank robbery typical federal criminal charges. The other person, we're going to talk national security, spy, terrorism. And so it's easier for the FBI. This is how crazy it is. It's easier for me to designate a person and investigate them for national security reasons than for criminal reasons. Because, and again, I'm only talking about U.S. citizens now. That's right. If you're a U.S. citizen, and I think I'm where the FBI, you're doing drugs, you're dealing drugs, you're a bank robbery, before using the Fourth Amendment, before I could get a search warrant, everything, I have to have something called evidence. That's and right. everything needs to be transparent. I need to go to a judge and say, listen, we've got probable cause, this and that. And so the barrier is high for criminal. But yet for national security, this is where me, they're looking at me as a national security threat. What evidence does the FBI need? Not much. So to the American public, let me show you an example. January 6th, a middle-aged 40-year-old tax-paying patriotic American entered the Capitol. I think he's a terrorist. This is the FBI. There you go. It's on. That's how because yeah, the description of what 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 determines whether or not you are a terrorist is completely in the eye of the beholder. That's that's exactly what the um, the Patriot Act, Patriot Act Two, uh, Victory Act, and later on uh, the amendments made to the NDAA that were created under Obama, which essentially stated that um, you know even at, at one point that anyone who cited the Constitution too much was deemed a radical because they were citing the Constitution. It's really nuts that we've gotten to this point, but 
the point I'm trying to make is that the the description that they were able to uh, use or uh, utilize in order to term you a terrorist was one they could concoct on the spot and or all they had to do was connect you to someone else who they could do that with and by virtue of investigating that person because they called you now you're in their crosshairs and you've done nothing wrong. This is what they did with Trump. This is how they ended up spying on Trump because uh, they were they intentionally spied on other people that were connected to Trump. And that was their way in the back door. So, yeah, you're right. I, I completely agree. The FISA courts are completely misused and no one is punished uh, for for any of these types of violations, Fourth Amendment violations. I think during the uh, congressional hearing, we heard from uh, uh, from Garland about oh, excuse me, Christopher Ray about um, uh, well over 200 and some odd thousand uh, violations where Americans had their privacy violated uh, without uh, due cause. And they called it mistakes. <laughs> they weren't mistakes, yeah. and he got called on it. And and to the American public, they need to realize no privacy, no democracy. And when you're being spied upon, like me with the FBI, the difference between me and millions other of other innocent American citizens is I know about it. You will never know. There's no yeah. there's no freedom of information. This is national security. It, it, people say all the time, David, why don't you get a lawyer? It's useless. The, the Freedom of Information Act, useless. This is national security. Okay. And when they spy on you, damages will be done to your life, whether you know it or not. Or people just connected for, to you. Yeah, or just, you know, when the FBI starts interviewing people in your intimate circle about you, think about the reputational damage that this happens. Why is the FBI talking about Eddie? Probably now they're thinking Eddie's up to no good. Now the FBI and all this stuff. So it's turning into truly the East German Stasi. And the think about your tax money is being paid. So I knew this was going to happen. Now, when I left in 2007, people say, why are you speaking now? Very simple. Now, in 2007, I do want to know, I wrote a letter to Senator Chuck Grassley because he was known as sort of the bulldog. Man, you're, you're, getting ready to, you're getting ready to hurt my heart. Go ahead. So I wrote a letter to Senator Chuck Grassley. Now, he never responded to me, but I didn't have any problems because I say this all the time. If Senator Chuck Grassley said, hey, David, I got your letter. Do you want to talk? Sure, I'd talk. But I, I didn't really want to get involved. Now, why? Three reasons. One, I've always had a very big leadership background. I graduated West Point. It's all about leadership complaining about your ex-employer. You know, I, I am not, I don't want to be labeled as a disgruntled government employee. So <laughs> one, just move on with your life. That was my thing. Just go and move on with that. Number one. Number two, I'm telling you, you don't mess with the FBI. People have no clue how powerful this is. I'm located overseas right now. If I was located in America, this would be a difference. So I was not at 2007 saying, wow, I, I, I want nothing better than now to badmouth the FBI and get them on the on the graces. Uh, did, you, graces. did you see the whistleblower testimony where they asked the guy at the very end of all the testimony? And he said, what would what advice would you give to other FBI agents that are that would come out and expose some of these uh, some of these tactics, some of this wrongdoing in the FBI? He said, don't don't do it. He I'm said, the same don't. Way. Do not do it. And then I, I would say the third reason why I didn't say anything. Now, remember, this is 2007. I don't think anyone would believe me. I would have think, no, the FBI, like America, the FBI is a great organization. You must have been a bad agent. So I don't think anyone would believe me. So I didn't want to mess with the FBI. No one would believe me. And then from a leadership standpoint, nobody likes a complainer. That was why I kept quiet. Yeah. However, things change. Why? Because the investigation on me, now, when I was in the FBI, you read my book, I have a lot of bad blood with the FBI, and they take things personally. This is, again, what I don't think the American people, people understand. The FBI is a vindictive organization because the people have changed. It's, it's an absolutely, every, even, the, even the FBI agents will tell you, the leadership is horrible. I'm talking about FBI management. I've never seen such horrible leadership. And they'll be very vindictive. So if you have bad blood with the FBI, they will investigate you for whatever reasons. And like I said, for national security is one of them. The investigation on me has gotten worse and worse and worse. And I will explain what basically broke the camels, the straw on the camel's back, that I realized this. And this is the lesson to the American people. Generally speaking, the FBI 
is impervious to everything. Everything. They're, except one thing they're worried about. There's only one thing that they're worried about, and that is public opinion. But it yeah. has got to be at a massive level. We're talking Waco, Ruby Ridge. It's got to be at a massive level. We're talking millions upon millions of Americans. But when I was at the FBI Academy, you, you got to remember, you got to put things in perspective. There's about 12,000 special agents. I don't know what the population is American. I what, 350 million? Ish, full of guns. Right. Yeah. yeah, full of guns, full of pissed off Americans. There is no way 12,000, and they, and they briefed this on us, there's no way 12,000 special agents are going to control a population this size that's pissed off and angry. Not so physically. Try, so what they try to do is anyone that steps out of line, they come fast. That hammer hand that comes down fast and hard to put a fear tactic in America that says, don't step out of the line. Because mm-hmm. in the in behind closed doors, the FBI is actually worried about that. That's the only thing they're worried about is sort of this mass fever of anti-FBI. That's this about is it. why... This is why I believe wholeheartedly they have taken the segment of the population that knows the history of our country and knows exactly what we really stand for and what that constitution really says and the rights that are truly afforded to us. And they turned them, they termed them Nazis or radicals. Um, They have painted true patriots in a completely off-putting light. And um, it's just one of the most disturbing things ever to see your country going to hell quite honestly and 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 the wrong people being championed uh you have leaders in place like christopher ray who uh were you know they're chinese puppets they really are uh that i mean he he worked for china prior to becoming the director of the fbi and did you know this that he actually represented an anti uh china uh he had, he had a, a client who was uh, very much on the list from my understanding of uh, anti-China policy guy that uh, were in their crosshairs and immediately becoming upon becoming director of the FBI, he, he locked up his old client who still sits in prison to this day for a bogus fraud charge. Um, yeah, I, it, I, it's I, nuts. Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, go ahead. I say this all the time. And that is, again, maybe people don't understand West Point. Hopefully you do. It's the United States military County. We focus on leadership. And one of the things that I noticed immediately that when I went into the FBI, unlike my classmates, because it's an eclectic group, you have accountants, you have lawyers, you have that. I come from a very strong leadership background. One time I was ranked number two at West Point for the leadership. So when I went in there, I immediately realized there is a dearth of leadership, particularly at management. All you've got to do is look at our leader of the FBI, Director Ray. The Mm. guy is a globalist corporate lawyer. This is not someone who represents patriotism, national security, leadership. And I say it, I love Donald Trump, best president of my entire lifetime. But boy, he picked a doozy on this guy. This guy's an embarrassment to the FBI. Trump said um, when he fired James Comey, that's that kind of was the the signal that was the biggest that was the thing that just everyone went crazy after that um i i should talk about that i let me to the american people you got to go back to the days of jedgar hoover jedgar hoover was probably at one time not only the most powerful person in america maybe the world i mean he would i mean he he wasn't afraid to push back on corporations and also the president i'm not saying good or bad i'm just saying or put on a woman or put on a woman's dress from my understanding i'm not not here i'm not here jumping on jedgar hoover but what i am saying is this when donald trump fired uh comey it was so shocking that even in the fbi former agents and active we even thought is that even possible like it's like it's in the realm of of impossibility Mm -hmm. The problem is, is Donald Trump put a target on his back because the same thing with me. I was warned by this from a West Pointer who's a senior FBI agent when I quit in 2007. He said, David, the FBI is not like the military. You know, when you leave the military, you're like, okay, I did my time. Thanks a lot. Going on. Boom, boom, boom. Maybe. Thank you. No, thank you. Whatever. You know, you leave and it is what it is. The FBI takes things very personal. It's a vindictive organ. It's like the government mafia. When Trump fired sure. Comey, he, he basically laid a groundwork for his coffin, at least from the FBI, because the FBI, they work on fear. 
They work Mm -hmm. on that respect. I guess to make a a sort of example is, you know, you get pulled over by a policeman and sometimes he just wants to show him his power. And if you immediately say, sir, you're the cop, you're the boss, you're in charge, whatever you say, I'll do, sir. And then all of a sudden the policeman will be easy with you. Say, all right, now that we know who's in charge and he's easy with you. But they have this sort of authoritarian mentality. But when Trump fired Comey, I was still shocked to this day, but I think without a doubt, there's uh there's some backlash coming against then Trump. Well, and here's also, before I forget, here's a danger. Let's, let's ask the audience, let's use common sense 101. If Trump gets reelected, hope he does, but if he gets reelected, do you think he's probably going to fire some FBI people or so? He's probably. So if you were the FBI, so much more than that's going to happen or not want him. Yeah, I think so much more than that would happen upon his reelection. I, I, my number one, and I say this all the time, my number one uh, thing that I would want him to do, number one, um, is investigate the press. 100% investigate the press. Investigate CNN, who sat down with uh, uh, the James O'Keefe from the Veritas group and on camera got, he had a little secret camera and that and he sat down with the guy and they admitted to lying. They admitted to uh, putting out false information in, in an effort to make sure Trump didn't get elected. These people are not the press. They're not the media. They are the propaganda arm of the government. And we and in order for anything to change, that's the head of the snake right there. You've got to in order to change the optics and have people start telling, seeing what the truth is and stop having these uh, the reality that the press wants to paint for the American people in the world. Um, you you got to have a real press. You got to have a real media in order for that to happen, or else people are. This, why do you think these radicals are out there? You have so many people that are indoctrinated from what they believe to be true and right by the press because they're not being honest. They're not being honest. You got to change that. That's yeah. the fairness doctrine has to come back as well. And, and Obama got rid of that. Obama got rid of the fairness doctrine, which used to mean. If anytime there was a, any issue that was out there that was a uh, any a sizable issue and you would have uh, the Republican pundit, you would also have a Democratic pundit and they would get there and they would get an equal and balanced different uh, point, you know, point of view or opinion. And they he changed that. And since that has gone away, what we've seen is news organizations become more divisive than ever, which is pulling the people more in, in, in more of an extreme direction than they've ever, it contributes to it for sure. But um, the, the question that I have for you is uh, James Comey. Um, yes, he was, he, he was let go by, by Trump. And that was from Trump's perspective, the, when, when he swatted the beehive, but there were other people, Peter Strzok, Timothy oh, yeah. uh, do you know these people? I mean, I, were you I, there at the same time as like no. Timothy Bolt? I mean, because he was there. He just he was forced to retire. So he was the guy who jumped on the grenade for everybody and said, OK, yeah, I was in charge of the investigation and I did all this. So his his punishment for for trying to overthrow a sitting president of the United States with a fake investigation that he used fake information they obtained from a foreign spy paid for by the DNC and uh, in, in, in the Clinton Foundation. Um his punishment was, oh, I'm going to go home and get a full pension. I'm just going to retire. That's a punishment? Yeah. No. Yeah, and this is another thing. I mean, the ability to terminate an FBI agent, good luck. I, I mean, it's, in fact, that's that's why a lot of people like to work in the FBI or, you know, other government functions. It's job security. Or become which, college it, professors, too. It's yeah, the same. It's, it's, it's in many ways, it's socialism, meaning you work Very hard, you don't socialism. work hard. You know, and that was another reason why I left, just because I think, man, I would have fired a lot of these people, but they never get fired. I would think it. this is the one thing that I had. And again, my issue was just with the people because the people make the organization. I just it wasn't a good fit. And let me give you a couple examples. One, you know, for an organization, the FBI that preaches national security, national security, a lot of these people never serve in the military. And there's just something when you serve in the military, you have you have a deeper understanding of really what national security, what patriotism is, because going in the military isn't a great life. Going into a Cadillac job like the FBI, you know, I, I use this point. Director Ray always says this. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He, he's made these uh, on, on, you know, when he was briefing to Congress and the Senate, when they say the FBI is doing horrible, horrible reputation. He always says, I don't know what you're talking about. Applications are up, up, up. 
Yeah, do you realize the amount of money that these agents make? I mean, when I left the FBI, it was a hard decision, though, because it was a very nice, nice job. So these people go in there. Most of them never serve in the military because they didn't want to do a hard job of, of service. They get into the FBI. It's a very nice gig. You're not going to get fired. These FBI management, they're making 150000 to 200000 car pension, like the whole the whole works. So it just the, the, the people in it were just not that I considered to be the ones that should be representative of that type of an elite organization. I just wasn't that impressed. That's why I left. Here's an example. This is an example when I was an agent and I walked into a supervisory's office and it just looking back now, you, you, you I, I rethink about these stories and you could see where it was going. I walk into a supervisor's office this is an FBI supervisor office just to have a regular talk. And as you can imagine, every office, there's different paraphernalia, there's pictures, there's, you know, awards or whatever. And on his wall, there was a picture of the U.S. Constitution hmm. and written under the Constitution said, this is not our death warrant. And it was written bold within the picture. And I was just like, so I talked that. I'm again, we're wow. just having a normal. And I just said, I said, well, what does this mean? And he was very professional. He was very upfront and he was very direct. He goes, hey, we got a constitution. I like it. I respect it. However, when it comes to national security, he goes, that's a guideline. He goes, we will override that in a heartbeat. He goes, mm -hmm. I am not going to see my country go down the toilet just because we got this constitution. And that's the one thing I kept thinking over and over. That's that nuts. I, that's yeah, nuts. I, I say it all the time. I Whew. believe the American public have this false sense of security that they have this piece of paper called the constitution and they'll be protected. You change the people, you change the demographics, you'll change the country. And that constitution is going to be nothing but kindling for, for the fireplace. And I saw this happening. I think we could all agree America is changing. Hey, yes, Americans, you want man. diversity, right? Well, this is what you're going to get. You want more and more diversity. But I, and I saw this in 2005. I had predicted. I said, America, it's going to collapse. We're going to civil war. And in 2010, I'm going to leave. And and I've changed. I grew up in a very conservative Republican family. And what did it always say? You back law enforcement. You back military, but I tell the American people, be very careful. You back this law enforcement, you back this intelligence, you even back the military. One of these days, this this uh, Frankenstein that we're building could turn around and haunt us. And it's already doing it in the shape of the FBI. Well, I, I've left the confines of political parties um, as I as I started waking up and seeing the swamp, the real swamp. I mean, we're seeing it right now. Well, Jim Jordan should have easily became Speaker of the House. It, it shouldn't even have been a question. Uh, we have 22 holdouts, 22 absolute traitors, in my opinion. And when you look at the uh, 13 of that, those, that 22, uh, we're all uh, Republicans who received money from Sam Bank Friedman from the FTX scandal. Um, so they, and the rest of them are all backed by special interests. Um, they know that someone like Jim Jordan will cut their purse strings. They like the idea of putting together a bill and, and putting so much pork in it. It's not funny and spending us into oblivion. And, and they do that in an effort to serve their special interests and not the American people. Like you just said, it is became a government by the government for the government. The government is more interested in protecting and preserving the government than they are the way of life of the people that they serve. The police officers used to have a saying or a slogan on the side of their car called protect and serve. It's not there anymore. Yeah. I, and, and to the American public, I make it known. Uh, the biggest accomplishment of my life is graduated West Point. I'm the 12th person in the history of America to graduate from both West Point and Army ROTC to earn a dual commission. And I'm very and I come from a military family all the way back to World War II or, or Civil War, I should say. However, just like law enforcement, even the military, we've got to have the hard truth. Is the United States military serving at the behest of American citizens or are we serving the American government, meaning me the military-industrial complex? Let me ask you a question, David. So we just went through this pandemic, as I like the term, and many other people have as well. Uh, and one of the things that they did uh, was force the vaccine on soldiers. And some of them 
relented and some didn't. And the ones that didn't got discharged. So all you had left in the military at that point were people that would blindly follow anyone and not ask questions. In my opinion, this was kind of a cleansing, a soft cleansing of those who would question orders and authority of those in charge. Uh, what, what is your opinion on this? Whole well, thing? here on also on that opinion is our, our military is degrading with leadership and the officer corps is horrible. To go along with that, to the American public, we're having trouble filling the ranks in the military, and yep. we're now filling it with foreign nationals. Sure and enough. I, you know, and the point is, is let's use common sense. We have a military of guys like me. I was born and raised in New York. I'm red, white, and blue American boy. And then we have some foreigners who are now in the military. What's the highest percent? What has the higher percentage chance if the military gives an order to turn the weapons on American citizens? Who would do it? I think it's a very dangerous trend, but I think that's the way our, our, our government is going. Everything is on decline. And like I said, to the American people, just be very careful with this security apparatus, military intelligence, law enforcement. One of these times, it might be coming after you because I could tell you, as I've seen in the world, we need threats. If we don't have threats, we can't build this up. And, sure. when, I was in the, and when I was in the FBI, I want to make it very known when I joined the FBI in 2004, if we could all remember, remember the war on terror, and I could explain it. Radical Sorry. Islamic terrorism was the number one threat. As soon as I graduated from the FBI Academy, less than a year in the FBI, I knew that that was wrong. And I voiced my opinion to management. I said the threat from China is a greater threat than radical Islamic terrorism. And I knew it because China is, is, is building to be a superpower, you know, uh, political, economically, militarily. And I write this in the book. That there's always terrorism. Now, now, if you're the country of Israel, it might be different. It could be terrorism. I'm talking specifically yeah. from America, though. And we could talk about terrorism well, in recent events. China has what? What it's uh, all under heaven, they call their little. Uh, absolutely. Deal. But, and it's a 100 year mandate to run the world. And from my understanding, we're in the last. 20 years of that prior to the, what they believe that prophecy. Coming we, we, we are, we are declining, but I think the American people should know is why didn't my FBI, this is high level management to listen to me. Of course, I was only a, a special agent field agent, but you got to use common sense. One, don't fool yourself. It's socialism. They don't care. You work mm -hmm. hard. You not work hard. They get the same paycheck. But number two, you've got to follow the money in 2004, 2005, we had a kinetic war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Sure. So as opposed to China, we had a Cold War espionage war. If you compared where the money was, it wasn't even a, a, it wasn't even a debate because wherever the money goes, that's where the private corporations go, the military industrial complex goes. So in terms of money-wise, radical Islamic terrorism, a lot of money, a lot of influence, because, again, we work for the corporations. The corporations influence our politicians. Our politicians tell the FBI. So China, no. So notice that as soon as this war in Afghanistan is over, now we're in Ukraine, now we're here. I'm telling the American people, this military industrial complex is a feeding machine. It'll never stop until no. we're broke or we don't have any more or, or, or we don't have any more dumb American boys that are going to die for America because they're going to need both of them. Blood well, and treasure. Well, I believe the the what happened in Afghanistan was more about nation building and uh, American industry than it was about anything to do with 9-11 or any of that. We had 16,000 troops on the ground prior to 9-11 ever occurring. And this was what they were there because we were getting ready to run a pipeline uh, via Halliburton and into Afghanistan. And then. After 9-11, we install a new leader, Hamad Karzai, in that in that region. And if you take a look at who Hamad Karzai worked for, Unical. It was Unical? It's Halliburton. He worked right alongside of Condoleezza Rice for Dick Cheney. So it's not – It's if you look hard enough, you can always find the connection from the, the corporatocracy that goes – that leads right into government. And it leads right into uh, you know a lot of the policies and laws that we enact that are there to essentially protect – corporations and more so than they are people look at just what just happened we're talking about the the covid vaccine i mean they did it with emergency use authorization and hell they were they were um the the corporations were going into third world countries saying uh here here's this vaccine they said well we can't afford it so you know Pfizer and moderna were requesting 
military bases as as payment. Like, what the hell is a a pharmaceutical company doing requesting, you know, that they, they give them military bases for what to what end? Um, I thought it was just propaganda. And then I looked into it, it was very, very real. And I, it's it's pretty scary. Yeah, it, I would say the one thing that I learned, too, especially overseas, is you really look at America as a corporation now. It's yeah. all about the money. And to the American people, especially with recent events in Israel, don't get me wrong, terrorism is still a threat. But the problem is the way to negotiate terrorism is against what the corporations want. And what is that? You control the borders, you control visas, and you control who gets an American citizenship. Sure. But guess what the corporations want? They need cheap labor, cheap labor, come on in. But if you really want to get a hold of terrorism, you don't go to foreign seas and do the, it doesn't really work. I mean, do you want to do round two of Afghanistan? I mean, do you really want to do that? Right. You got to seal the borders. You got to restrict immigration. And you definitely, because again, I don't mind the FBI investigating foreign nationals for terrorism or whatnot, but sure. you got to control who becomes a U.S. citizen or not. You can't hand out these passports like Cracker Jack boxes, but we don't want to get because that, that, that's what they're doing. They're, they're going down in our southern border. They're going on the other side of the border, and they're actually having people fill out paperwork on the opposite side of the border so that they come across the border with papers in an effort to lower the amount of uh, legal crossing. So they're going on the other side of the border to start the process so that the numbers look like they're declining for illegal crossings when, in fact, they're not. I mean, we've already had people march up to our borders and plant flags. This is this is what they think, yeah. obviously. They, they, yeah. they, this is, this is, you guys are a joke. We have a president that's actually welding the gates open there. He's welding the gates open several thousand children to date. David have, uh, came up missing because Biden has changed the policy on taking, uh, blood and, and, uh, doing DNA checks on these kids so that we hand them off to a uh, family on this side of the border with, so these unaccompanied minors are coming over and they don't know where they're at now. A uh, lots of them. They don't know where they're at now. Um, and it's just ignored. It's absolutely Here, ignored. Here's the problem. And I'm probably going to do a video on this and, and this is to the American people. And I know I, I guarantee you this is what the FBI is going to do. If you don't control borders, if you don't control visas, if you don't control who's got, who can get an American citizenship, there's going to be another terrorist attack. And what the FBI absolutely. is going to say, well, because they don't want, because they work for the corporations. So what's the answer? Decrease your freedoms and increase more power to the FBI. We're talking just like they did after 9-11. They're going to do that. And you're going to say, why is the answer decrease my freedoms and increase the government's power? Maybe let's seal the borders, stop giving these visas out, and stop handing out American citizenships like they're Cracker Jack. But we don't do that because we work for the corporations. But be careful. That would be my biggest fear if I was American citizenship. Not necessarily a terrorist attack, which would be horrible, but once that one terrorist attack happens, all American citizens, get ready. Your freedoms are going to drop. Never let a good crisis go to waste, right? No, Rama, man. It'll happen. You'll, you'll see it. And you'll be like, why can't we seal the borders? Why do we have to give these, uh, you know, wh whether it's a tourist visa or whatnot, stop it. Control. You don't think this is one thing I've changed my mind, and that's living in China. I I'm going to give an example about the China virus. Remember how how politically uh, incorrect it was to call it the China virus. How everyone sure. they, they needed those optics though in order to try to make Trump look like a bigot. That's what they were doing. I, I'm telling you, if it was the reverse, if there was a virus in America, China would seal visas against Americans in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, absolutely, and they would it would be justifiable. But they allowed people to fly out of Wuhan into the United States, but in no other province in China were they allowed to go. Um, and, and I mean, don't forget MERS, you know, middle, uh, you know, all Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome. Yeah. All of these viruses were named from their country of origin. And, and then, I mean, and, and this one even gets a little more conspiratorial than that, obviously with the NIH and EcoHealth Alliance and the funding that came through Fauci and the, and the lies, just the ball faced lies this guy told to Congress while testifying. I mean, you've had to have seen some of those historic exchanges between Rand Paul and Fauci and Rand Paul was about the only one that was pushing this. I mean, really Ted Cruz as well, but Rand Paul was really pushing Fauci to, to come clean about the gain of function research about what they, about the fact that masks didn't work in his emails. 
uh, Fauci's emails met him out and he was ball face lying. Have you noticed the ever alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is this, and I think all the American citizens can understand this common sense. We are getting every year our trust in these institutions, our government, law enforcement, military, whatever you want to call it. It's degrading year by year. Mm-hmm. Anyone with common sense knows we are not going to be able to have a functional society If this continues, and I believe it will, it's going to continue, but you can't live like this. Even me, people are like, I graduated West Point. I don't believe it. And oh, by the way, in my investigations, I had West Point graduates, as I did in my video, working for the FBI. So I don't even trust West Point anymore. You can't have a society now like this. I don't don't trust any of these elite schools. You went to another one, right? You went to Harvard. So, I mean, I, yo, well, I'm the, I have four master's degrees. I can tell you to the young kids out there, don't be like me. Do not waste your money and study four master's degrees. Overrated. Harvard, Harvard did more liberalizing for my mind. In fact, this is going to be crazy to the audience. Do you know who has been one of my biggest teachers? And I know I'm going to sound a conspiracy theory, but you got to watch my episode two where I work for Boeing was China. Because when you're an American and you live in a non-Western country, it doesn't have to be China, a non-Western country, liberalism is not allowed in these countries. It is a non-liberal country. And you'd be surprised. There's more common sense. And you start looking at what we're doing in America. It's like a clown world. This liberalism, this immigration, that stuff doesn't, that that stuff, if you want to live in a non-Western country, you better pay taxes. You better add value. You better have a legal visa. I mean, this is the, the if you don't do that, you're going to be sent to jail and you're going to be deported in a heartbeat. Responsibility, and so, accountability and common sense. Yeah. And, and you, yeah. You, you just realize we're killing. And that's what I tell American. I'm not saying China's a threat. Russia's a threat. I'm not saying that. But I'm telling you, the biggest problem. Well, you're not saying that they're not us, a threat. Right. That's what you say. You're not saying that they're not a threat. Right. Is yeah. That, well, they are a threat. I guess I should be. They are still a threat. Absolutely. China is a threat. I don't want anyone to play that back and, and, and say that you said the opposite. So I want to yeah, make no, sure. No, absolutely. Thank you very much. But what I'm saying is, what do I believe? And I wrote this in my book. What is the number one threat that's going to destroy America? The globalist American government and the globalist American corporations. And I mentioned this in China because when I lived in China now for over 10 years, I'm inundated with these American corporations. If you see, again, I work for the Boeing company. That's the military industrial complex. That should be your first question. What is the military industrial complex doing in China? I know know it's bad enough to where uh, Eisenhower himself on his last speech on his way out apologized to the American people for creating it and said that it had, uh, there existed uh, a threat that these guys could supersede the authority of their governing bodies and just essentially start wars to uh, substantiate their own existence. Yeah. I I make it known. I said the FBI is the most powerful agency in America pound for pound. What's the most powerful Oh, the military, this military industrial complex. I mean, whoever's got the guns, the, the, the budget, the, the power, this military is an animal unlike any other, and it needs to feed. It needs to feed. It needs a war. But my point is, when you're in China, these American corporations, it's not like America. In America, when a foreigner wants to come to America and does business, they could do business, you could say, in the private sector. That's not how it is in China. So if you're the Boeing company or like my other employer, Amazon, all the you have to do business with the Chinese government. 
And so sure. my point is that's that's the, that's the take on on why they wanted to ban TikTok. Yeah, that, that's uh, how well. it is. But, yeah, because anyone who runs a company out of China, it is China, and they're by, by mandate Absolutely. they're forced to spy. So no and matter what, what laws you you enforce, they have to spy. Yeah, and, and I'll mention TikTok while we're in it. The point I'm making in China is if you look at the relationship between the American corporations and the Chinese government, that's not how you treat your enemy. That's how you treat your business partner. So when they say China's the enemy, I would say this. Before you try to convince the American people that China is the number one enemy, try to convince the corporations, try to convince the banks, try to convince the, the corporate law firms. Do that first. Good luck. And then maybe I'll believe you, because what I've seen over and over again, that's not they, they love the Chinese government. Why? Because they love money. So mm -hmm. let's talk about TikTok real quick. Now, to the American people. Is the Chinese, I, I have no evidence on this. Is the Chinese government using TikTok to spy on the American people? I don't know, but 99.999%, probably so. Absolutely. However, this is my point to the American people. If you're an American citizen and your tax money is being paid to the FBI, to the CIA, to the NSA, my priority number one would be this. Hey, why is the FBI, the NSA, the CIA working through, you know, Google, uh, you know, Twitter, all this other stuff spying on me. That would be my priority number one. Then my priority is why is Russia spying on me? Why is China spying on me? Because, you know, you don't pay your tax money to these foreign countries. But notice how the FBI, again, is we got to be really worried about TikTok. They're spying on you. Okay, FBI, I'm not I'm not denying that. TikTok's spying on us, but you're, my tax money's paying your salary. So why don't you stop spying on me first? And, and then we'll worry about the Chinese government. Well, the EULA or the end user license agreement at TikTok, which was some time ago uh, exposed by uh, uh, Joe Rogan, who I guess went down a rabbit hole one weekend and just decided to read it. Um, we always have these end user license agreements. Whenever we install any piece of software, they're so long and there's all this legal language in there. So nobody typically reads them. Well, he took it upon himself to read it. And be as be as though I'm a, I'm a I'm a technician and I understand these the, you know the computer side of things and the software side of things. What he explained is the ability to software clone your phone. For those of you who don't know what cloning is, um, I can essentially take your computer, uh, everything on it, every program in it, everything, and create a specific piece of software that emulates your computer. And when I open it up on my end as a as a piece of software, I see all of your everything. It's an exact image of your phone. It's an exact image of your iPad or of your computer. And then I can take that and see all of your keystrokes, all of the, you know, what patterns, uh, everything, essentially your iOS type, your resolution size, everything about your phone. And I can do that. We already know this has happened because SolarWinds, which was a, another software company out of Russia, um, used that software, which is another IT piece of software, um, to shut down a gas pipeline on the East Coast like three years back because they put malware in, in the software. So this is a very real threat. And because you can't govern uh, companies that are operated out of China, Trump had the exact correct idea. First, sell the company to someone in America. And then we can talk about whether or not uh, we're, we're going to allow the software. Because if you're operating out of China, your mandate is to spy. And, and I, think, I think this should go to the American public with the COVID. And, and the, here's, my, here's my counterintelligence with the COVID. <clears throat> Are we going to get the truth out of the Chinese government, what happened in China, Wuhan? Probably not. Never. But as an American taxpayer that pays your money to the United States government, what should you expect? What does the American government know about what our tax money was doing in China with funding? So at least let's get with half the truth. And that is, what does the United States government know about COVID? What were we funding? What were we doing? That's mm -hmm. what we can expect. We can't expect anything from China. They're not our friend. They're not our enemy or whatever you want to call it. But they're never going to tell us the truth. But what about our, our law United enforcement agencies? Our law enforcement agencies don't even listening don't even listen to our own governing bodies. Christopher Ray lied about the FD ten twenty three about the Biden, you know, pay for play scheme, the bribery, um, right to their faces. Oh, it doesn't exist until Chuck Grassley 
and James Comer and others, you know, put the pressure on them and actually told them, we know what's in the document. Here's what it is. And all of a sudden, then the document existed. It wasn't classified at that time, but yet they still wouldn't give it to the oversight committee. The oversight committee then gets a subpoena and they still don't comply. I mean, when did it ever, when was this precedent ever set by the FBI or any law enforcement agencies that they didn't, they had the ability to say no? Like, I'm not going to listen to your subpoena. I'm, how did that happen? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is this. And, and I mentioned it to the uh, I mentioned it to you, Eddie, growing up is, you know, Republicans and Democrats growing up, we got along. We just had disagreements. That's that's that was about it. Now sure. it's getting so politicized that when you have an agency called the FBI that is so powerful that now they have a, a political agenda. Guess what? Now the legal system is compromised. Where I believe the Very FBI, tyrannical, the FBI back in the 60s and 50s, was probably tyrannical. I'm not defending the old FBI, but I'm saying politically back then, they were probably not as diverse. You know, and it wasn't. Well, we didn't They're know different. it. We didn't know it yeah. because it was establishment politics. This is why they go after Trump so hard. Trump was the first president to come out and say fake news. You know, Trump was the, was the guy who exposed it. And all of a sudden we saw what a leader looks like. We saw what a, we, we heard what a leader sounds like. He kept his promises and he didn't he didn't have friends. He had an obligation and the obligation was to the American people, not to uh, not to an agency, not to. Here's a guy who became poorer becoming president. He didn't get anything extra. Everyone else prior to him did. Uh, his reputation took a hit. His friends and family got investigated. Some of them went to prison or jail and their reputations ruined. Fortunes gone. I mean, here's a here's a guy who knows what it means to sacrifice for the greater good of the people and the propaganda arm of the federal government media and just in general have all turned on him to try to paint a picture of a guy who is uh, the lead of what they now term as the MAGA cult. But the MAGA call is just people who believe in the Constitution and understand what the, the government is, what the government's responsibility is to the people. But liberalism is not liberalism anymore. Do you remember liberalism was free speech? Yeah, freedom. 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 There wasn't no cancel culture on the liberal Absolutely. side. And and now it's it's gotten so bad. You got people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who who who, who is absolutely a Democrat who's absolutely a true liberal, but doesn't fit into his own party anymore. Tulsi Gabbard and others that are just finally getting to, now we have a couple of Black Lives Matter chapters that are backing Trump and standing with J6 prisoners. So the indoctrination is lifting. People are are waking up. And this is why I believe they're flooding our Southern border with people that will continue to vote for them because Americans on both sides of this issue are waking up a little bit here and, they don't they they foresee the fact that they're going to lose control. Yeah, I say it all the time. The number one threat to America, big government and big corporations. Without a doubt, I don't think American people know how much power and influence they have versus I mean it's all the same. Remember Saddam Hussein, weapons of it's always the threat overseas, right? Nobody yeah. wants because the establishment wants to keep their power. So they're never wrong. It's always somebody overseas. But I've seen it. It is big government and big corporations. They will destroy faith. They will destroy family and they will destroy freedom. It's the number one thing. And anyone. And this is what I knew what what people have to understand about Donald Trump. I mean, I consider the guy a bit of an ubermensch. He's not normal. And I think many people are jealous of him. But you've got to go back to our Revolutionary War. Our founding fathers were not commoners. They weren't. They were elites. They sure were, were rich. And I'm sure a lot of people were jealous of them. I think a lot of people are naturally, I think they're changing now, but originally they're like, who's this Donald Trump? Hey, he's a good looking guy too. He's rich. He's this and that. But to the American people, we need people that are above the normal status. If you're going to take on big government, big corporations, you cannot be the normal person. They will crush you. That's why I left America. There's no way these people will crush me in a heartbeat. So we need to be uh, happy that Trump is, you could say, an elite. Hopefully he's on our side, though, but it's just going up against the, the big government and these big corporations. Look at what's happening to Donald Trump. I'm actually su surprised he survived this much. 
That is exactly the point. Where are the heroes and and that are left in our country? Where are the guys that are willing to sacrifice everything who truly love our country? Because I, what I see right now in government, there are probably a lot of guys that think just like you and I, right? On a lot of these issues, they probably are 100% simpatico. However, when it comes time to uh, for rubber to hit the road, they back down. And we know this. I mean, it, it, Jim Jordan... Uh, well, excuse me, prior to, uh, Kevin McCarthy only had eight people, eight people that stood on the right to do what was right against all odds and were willing to be ridiculed and mocked as a result. Where are the FBI agents? Where are the CIA? Where are the Secret Here, Service here's agents? My, Where are yeah, they here's at? My, here's my theory. You know, General George Washington, President George Washington, famous quote, there's few men of honor who can withstand the highest bidder. And here's my point, and this should scare the American people, because I could give you another story when I was in the FBI. Many people like to say the management is corrupt, but those field agents, they're good. You hear this all the time. Management's yeah. bad. Rudy Giuliani said that when they raided yeah. his apartment. Wrong, wrong, wrong. To the American people, I'm going to, because I know I quit the FBI and it was difficult for me because I know it was, I was leaving a nice, nice profession. Here's my point. Anytime you have a corrupt organization, someone is going to have to implement, someone is going to have to execute, someone is going to have to carry out these corrupt acts, and that's in the field. Sure. You know, the, the orders come above, but someone is going to have to execute this. Do not fool yourself. These field agents, though they're nice guys, they're weak. And I give you many stories for them. And they will, the key word is reluctantly. That's and the I think key word. I they think I think that's exactly follow. though, uh, David. I think that's exactly what, what people want to hear. If you wouldn't mind, uh, g- give us some examples of something. I'm going to give you an example, and and I hate to do this because I put West Point on a pedestal, but this is a West Point guy. You you would expect higher standards. So after I graduate the FBI Academy, I go out to my field office, and as an agent, you've got to go on the rifle range to do your qualifications. You know, do your typical. So there I am. I was actually thinking about quitting the FBI at the FBI Academy, but they said, wait until you get to the field, it gets better, which is true. It did get better when I was in the field, but I was still on the fence. So I've only been a field agent now for a couple months. I'm on the rifle range, and they tell me that the commander of the SWAT, the FBI SWAT team, now this is a, I don't want to say the office, but people probably could guess where I was at, but I was at a regionally enhanced office. This is a major office. And the commander of the SWAT team, an FBI guy happened to be a West Point grad, they told me. I said, okay, this is cool. After I was done with my rifle qualifications, my, my Glock and whatever, I go and see the guy, and I was like, oh, you're West Pointer? Yeah, I'm West Pointer. Okay, and we have a talk. He had been in the FBI for 10 years, and he is now the commander of this regionally enhanced FBI SWAT team. And the first question I have is, because, again, I was still thinking if this is a good fit for me in the FBI, I said, how's the FBI? You could just read his body language. He's like, Oh, it's the Bureau. And I was like, geez, I was like, that bad. He's like, it is what it is. He's like, luckily, I I got off being a case agent because as a case agent, obviously, you got to do paperwork. He goes, now I do full time. I'm the commander of the SWAT team. You know, it's more paramilitary. You sort of on the field shoot. And he goes, I'm away from sort of the, the office. And I'm just with a lot of these guys, former military. And I just do my SWAT. I just hate it. And I'm like, really? It's that bad? He's like, dude, he goes, I got 10 more years to retirement. And I was like, wow. He goes, I said, have you ever thought about quitting? What do you want, man? I spent eight years in the Army. I got 10 years in the FBI. I got two kids to feed. I got a pension. I mean, people always see the movies like just quit your job. It's it's easier said than done. You know, I when I quit imagine. the FBI, I didn't have any children. I mean, it's hard. And also to the people, you have to understand the government. When you're in the government, especially you have a skill set like an FBI guy or a military guy, these are not transferable skills. Like if you're working in an IT firm, like in the private sector, you're like an IT guy. You know, there's probably so many other firms that you could get a job with, you know, next week because you're in the, you're in the private sector. But a lot of these government jobs, that's why there's a pension. You know, some of these are not transferable. So if you think a lot of these field agents are going to say, I'll put my career on the line, I don't care. Yeah, you got kids to feed. You got a pension. And that's what I'm telling you. My gut instinct will tell me they will. They'll try to avoid the order. They'll tr- they'll reluctantly follow it. They might give a little bit of pushback. Do I have to? But if that order's given, 
they are going to carry it out 100%. They will. This is so, this is what's uh, happened with their their investigation of parents at uh, that dissent at school board meetings. Literally, they're investigating about. parents as domestic terrorists. But my question for you is more along the lines of what I guess what I'm looking for is that FBI story. Give us give us an instance of you in the field, a case that you're in front of, something that you were told that you disagree with. Give us an example of what made you make such a major decision as to upend yeah. your entire career and why that led to the FBI investigating you. Yeah, so what had happened was, now, the lucky, when I was in the FBI, I was investigating foreign nationals. So the good thing was, I didn't have any moral problems with that. Again, I don't have a problem with the FBI investigating foreign nationals. So that's what I did. My problem was two things, and I write about this in the book. This is kind of what it blew up. One is, you got to remember, people who work in the government, if you work hard or you don't work hard, you get the same paycheck. And I write about this specifically in my book. There was one case that I was recruiting an asset. This is a tier one asset. I can't go into the details. I go a little bit in the book. This is an asset that if you can recruit this asset, your entire career in the intelligence community is made. This is how sensitive this asset was. This asset, who's obviously a foreign national, was only going to be in America on a temporary time period. It was about a year and a half. They were on, they were on assignment. They were working in the consulate. So anyway, I was pushing this. This investigation got so high, obviously, it was in headquarters. All the other alphabet soups, or not all of them, a couple of the other alphabet soup intelligence, they knew about it. They wanted in. It was a major, major operation. Now, if anybody knows me, I'm a bit of a go-getter. I've always been this way, high testosterone. If I do something, I really do it. And I could explain mm -hmm. more about it. it. And I was pushing this investigation hard because I knew it. Part of it, yeah, it would have helped my career. But part of it, I, I just like doing this stuff. It got to the point that the FBI management, they felt it got so sensitive at an international political uh, level that they told me to stop the investigation and let the person leave America and just end it. That was one of the occasions where I realized these people aren't serious. And you got to remember at the time, what was the number one threat? Terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. So even like China, who cares? And I really, I, I realized these people aren't serious. It's the same reason I'm telling to the American people. Remember, you hear all these threats, the threat, the Taliban. Well, think about it. Use common sense. Use my example, American people, and use the Taliban. Weren't the Taliban this major threat? Well, we lost. We, we were treated. The Taliban are still there. So why aren't we scared? Why don't we do it? And I realized that one, now there's another case I could go into, but I realized right then and there, and my, my, I had a senior FBI agent. He giggled. He knew the story. He'd been in the FBI. He goes, David, you still don't understand it. It's all smoke and mirrors, meaning it's just Optics. a money thing. It's Optics. all, and I realized these people aren't serious and they're not. All they want to do is get your tax money. It's the same thing. Think about it to the American people. We were in Afghanistan for 20 years. Now, who was the big winner? The military industrial complex. They made a ton of money, the generals. But look at the American people. We were fooled. It was a joke. And that's when I realized I was in the FBI. If these people were serious, this was a sensitive asset. They should have said, David, unleash the dogs. And it just is. It, the government, it, it, they, they have their own criteria of just smoke and mirrors and to get more money. Patriots, that was the first part of a three-part podcast that we put together. And let me tell you, it is one of the most explosive interviews that I've ever done. And one of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard from a patriot that has been targeted by the FBI that has implored such tactics that I, I, I don't want to give it away, folks. you got to hear it firsthand from David. But he's risked a lot to tell you this story. And it has completely, as of late, I mean, you have seen FBI whistleblowers come out of the woodwork and you have heard uh, uh, just terrible tales of these guys that we once saw as heroes that we once saw as protecting the Constitution of our United States that cared about the freedom of its people and the First Amendment and all of it. We're starting to see something completely different in this country, and I'm hoping, beyond hope, that there are heroes left, that there are people out there who believe in the foundations of freedom 
that this country was founded upon. And I'm hoping that anyone out there, anyone in the position like David has the guts to come forward and tell their story so that more people will wake up. And as usual, this is exactly why I say this. The silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. See you next time on the Patriot's Prayer. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all your gun is American flag.